got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we are going to be talking about a massive adoption story that just took place. Fidelity Investments, one of the largest brokerages and retirement account providers in the United States, just announced that their 401k products are going to be accepting Bitcoin, which means that anyone that has their 401k with their employer through Fidelity is now going to be able to soon buy Bitcoin in that account. That is a huge step forward. And the reason it is, is because retirement accounts make up the majority of the investment in the stock market for many people over the age of 30. A lot of people have these massive retirement accounts of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And because they are within certain tax buildings, certain tax structures like 401ks and Roth IRAs, you can only invest in certain ways. The good news is Fidelity is now opening up the 401k landscape. We had not seen 401ks accessible, uh, be able to access Bitcoin for a very long time, but that is now changing. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about Scaramucci over at Skybridge and how they also announced just later the same day that Fidelity announced it, that they're going to be adding Bitcoin to its 401k pension scheme as well. So we have not one, but two stories of 401ks adding Bitcoin, which is one of the big final frontiers of adoption on Bitcoin. I cannot stress enough how important that is. Don't sit here and think that, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. They're accepting 401ks. That's not that big a deal. That's a huge, huge deal. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. And we're also going to be talking about how 40,000 Bitcoin just got added to whale wallets, as well as covering Twitter being bought by Elon Musk. You probably already knew about that, but we're going to talk about it. And we're also going to look at the price action of Bitcoin. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, subscribe to the channel, hit the post notification button, and make sure to sign up for Club DeFi if you are a CT2A alumni or one of the first 200. Check your emails because you just might have a link sitting in there waiting for you. It's really cool. We're going to go ahead and send it on over now to our co-host, who is unfortunately today not Tim, but it is T-Shroom. How are you doing, T-Shroom? I'm doing really, really good. Great to be here, Jeb, to talk about this awesome adoption story. Absolutely. We got a lot of big news going on today, guys. It's going to be a huge, huge stream. We're also joined, as on Tuesdays and Fridays, by Kelly from New York. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing excellent, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Uh, sad uh, Tim's not here with us, but uh, yeah. you know, he's always in my head, always in my heart. So, uh, you know, I'm always thinking of that illustrious beard. But we got a lot going on in the chart. So, without any further ado, I'll just pass it on to uh, <laughs> intro to uh, Zachy boy. Boom, Zach! Welcome to the stream, my friend. You're definitely up, not high, right? No, yeah. Now, hey, we fixed all the issues. Today's Woo! gonna be a clean stream, guys. Boom! So Let's go. Day. Let's go. Yes, indeed. This is going to be a hype day. I am just loving the Star Wars wipe. I don't get it. I just, man, you just, you got me with the nostalgia there. I grew oh, up yeah, on man. Star Wars, and then they launched the new trilogy, and I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to find something else to enjoy because they just ruined that. Hot take of the day. Who thinks that the new Star Wars trilogy was the worst one that has been made so far? What do you think, T-Shroom? Oh, uh, I have to abstain because I am not <laughs> someone who's seen any, really any of them. Okay, which well, is going to bum a lot of people. Well, out. since sorry. Disney bought it, that's probably a good thing. What about you, Kelly? Have you seen the new trilogy? 
Uh, yeah, I've seen the new trilogy, but you know what? I think it's hard. Like, with I don't care what movie or or any TV show, or whatever. The first one's always the best, right? That's right. And so you're, and it, it changes, it, like it blows up in your mind and your perception because it's something new. It's hard to keep up that standard and uh, keep shocking. But I mean, I thought it was all right, but the, of course, the first one way back in the day was, yeah. of course, uh, yeah. much much better. But uh, didn't they make like, you know, Luke it's like entertaining. a grumpy old man? <laughs> What'd you say? I feel like they made him a grumpy old man, Luke. Yeah, they ruined his character. He yeah. threw the lightsaber. You're Remember that? Okay, we're off topic. Oh, yeah. We're off topic again. What, Zach? What was your thought? I didn't ask you, and then we'll move oh, on. Okay, okay. Well, I thought it was. I mean, cinematography and stuff like that. I loved it. Oh, it was I mean, a gorgeous it. movie. It was, it was gorgeous. It was movie. really Just well produced. Characters and production. I think there was there was good parts. Yeah. Should I watch them? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but I will not say, the same. Not the same. I, I, I will say, you know, it had incredible cinematography, but it was yep. probably the worst movie I've seen in the last five years. The what? new Batman. I could not believe. Oh, how bad oh that movie I haven't seen was. it, dude. The emo Batman. The- <laughs> It was so bad. (laughs) Emo Batman. All right. Well, Emo Batman. There you go, guys. Uh, You know, last thing I'll say on that, the new Star Wars movies actually gave me a new appreciation for the prequels. I actually really like the world building in the prequels. George Lucas did a great job. But, you know, we're going to do a good job of we're going to do a good job of running over coin market cap. Right now, Bitcoin's trading at 40,000. Sorry, it's actually dropped a little bit. It's trading at $39,840 down 3.86 I almost said 7. 8.6% over the last 7 days. That tripped me up. I was trying to say 7 days and it ran together. Ethereum sitting just under $3,000. Binance under $400. Luna under 95, Solana under 100. Maybe I shouldn't be such a downer. Maybe I shouldn't be such a glass half empty kind of guy. Maybe I should say Terra over 94 and Solana over 98 instead of saying what they're below. Cardano sitting over 85 cents right now. Dogecoin at 15. Avalanche sitting at 69. That's not bad. Polkadot sitting at 1743. And Twitter is sitting at 5420 because that is what Elon Musk just acquired it for to the tune of $44 billion. That deal was finalized yesterday and that will be going into closing over the course of this year. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Not the main topic of today's show because we figured, yeah, you probably heard from every single publication on the planet that Elon Musk just bought Twitter. The only thing that people can talk about over the last month are the the Oscars and uh, now Elon Musk. So the media basically has two things they're running with, and you probably already heard a lot of it, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Bitcoin attempted to go into a rally. Uh, following the news of Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, that sent Bitcoin into a frenzy because a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, Elon Musk owns Bitcoin. He keeps retweeting things from Bitcoin Archive and other Bitcoin-related uh, posts over on Twitter. So maybe he actually will partner with Charles Hoskinson and go in on Bitcoin and uh, Cardano and blockchain technology to underpin the founding of uh, freedom of speech, a mutable platform like Twitter. Maybe he will actually use Bitcoin and set up some more Bitcoin functionality than Twitter already has, and that hype kind of died relatively quickly. We got above our uptrending level of support right here, but then we pretty quickly over the last couple of hours have fallen below it following two red, uh, I'm sorry, two spinning top formations and a shooting star. So this is how you can do a little bit of candlestick analysis to realize something might be coming. We saw there was a shooting star formation right here. Then there was a spinning top. Then there was another spinning top. If you're in Club DeFi, then you will learn about those because we do talk about all of that in our candlestick analysis content. In fact, there was another spinning top right there. So yeah, this was really not looking that great over the last 24 hours. Now, <clears throat> we have a lot to talk about, but T-Shroom, you've been doing a lot of fundamental analysis on the cryptocurrency market over the last, well, 
for a very long time, over the last six, seven months that you've been with us. What is your 30,000 foot perspective of the state of the crypto market right now to kind of frame us for what we're going to be discussing today? Well, my confidence has not wavered uh, through these through these dips, these trials and travails. Uh, I am only seeing positive movement in the adoption world. And Michael Saylor on his uh, Twitter will echo that sentiment 100 uh, percent. What we're going to cover today, the Fidelity News, is just this giant, giant block of momentum towards the right direction. But we've been seeing all kinds of good stories coming out uh, recently. Uh, Australia with its spot ETF, that's going to be pretty big. Um, that, that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. I think it actually may be uh, delayed for right now, but uh, the, the, the summation of everything that's been going on in the fundamental world has been positive. You even have regulators like Janet Yellen making neutral or some interpret positive statements on Bitcoin and crypto. So moving forward, I think that we're going to see all of the right metrics moving in the right direction. Uh, and it's just going to take a little bit of time for the retail market to get a little bit more confidence, a little bit more wind in their sales to buy back into this what is considered high risk asset. Absolutely, guys. So make sure you smash that like button if you are enjoying today's stream. Let's see if we can't get to 300 likes here in the next 60 seconds. thousand before we wrap the stream here at the top of the hour. But let's go ahead and jump on into Bitcoin. Before we do, I do want to give you guys the uh, sponsor of today's show, which is CoinChange. If you're looking to do some yield farming the simple way, then I highly encourage you to use CoinChange. You can find their links in the description box down below. Today's show is brought to you by them. Let's go ahead and take a look at Bitcoin. Before we do, though, I do want to let you know uh, that Tim is out right now with a family emergency. Not my place to share what's going on, but uh, you can definitely be keeping him in your prayers. He might not be here for a couple of days. Uh, keep him in your prayers, though. We, we, we loved him very much, and uh, and we care a lot about him, and we're looking forward to him being back and uh, everything working out. So just want to give you an update on where he is. That's why earlier I said, unfortunately, T-Shroom is here. Obviously, I'm very happy that T-Shroom's on the show. I kind of slipped that. I said, I said, unfortunately, for that reason. But anyway... Let's go ahead and jump on into some Bitcoin technical analysis and keep it moving here. Bitcoin right now trading just below $40,000. We can see this trading at $39,750. Over the last couple of hours, we have started to drop below $40,400. That movement to the downside has been relatively rapid. Rapid. We saw a pretty much a, uh, a sell-off right here, and then we saw a bounce above the top. So one of the things that you look for when you're doing technical analysis is you see that there is a flat level that normally precedes a drop, and then the bounce of the drop tells you a whole lot. You know, there, there's a trick. Anybody, tell me if any of the three of you know this trick. You can tell if a battery still has charge in it by if it bounces or not. If it bounces, it's dead. If it doesn't bounce, it has juice in it left did you guys know that i have never heard that you've yet. never heard that i am I've dead serious kelly did you know that never heard that the none of you I knew that? that the nine volt battery touch it to your tongue that's the only one i knew i'm not <laughs> doing that no I've, ne I've never tried that no but seriously you get like a little double a or triple a battery you drop it and if it just goes thud and it doesn't bounce it's got juice in it but if it bounces it's dead i'm dead serious no oh, wow. pun intended I I'm I thought you're serious. talking about charge. You're, you're dropping it. You're actually no. I'm talking dropping. no. I'm talking about dropping it like physically from a height, and it bounces. The, the the amount that it bounces shows how much energy is or is not in it. Now it's the inverse of Bitcoin because if Bitcoin bounces high, that means it has a lot of energy on a nine on a double A or a triple A battery. If it bounces high, that means it doesn't have energy in it. But the analogy kind of works. You know, I'm the king of weird analogies, and that was definitely one of them. When you see Bitcoin have a certain kind of bounce, it tells you something about the state of its energy. In the same way, when you drop 
drop a battery, the amount of bounce that it has tells you something about how much energy it has in it. And in this case, what we saw happen is Bitcoin dropped starting from 39,800 and it bounced all the way up above where it started, which in the real world would break the laws of physics, all the way up to $40,700. That tells me that the bears were able to move the market uh, $1,600, but the bulls, even though they were the ones starting second, were able to move the market $2,500, which tells me that the bulls are actually stronger right now than the bears. Now, you might be pulling that into question saying, yeah, but wait a second, Jeb, what about this drop? This might be over literally right now, but for a time, the bulls were showing more strength than the bears. And that's something that we want to pay attention to because that could mean that there is either one, a big fight going on between the bulls and the bears that has not been determined yet, or two, it means that the bulls could be trying to take the initiative. Now, let's just keep doing some analysis on price action, because to be honest with you, one of the most foundational ways to do technical analysis is literally just to look at the market and think about, okay, well, if the market is doing this, then what emotion is the market feeling? What rational train of thought is the market feeling? It's actually very helpful to personify the market from time to time. What we saw back over here a couple of days ago, about a week ago, is Bitcoin in a similar fashion had a drop of $1,700 and then it bounced and rallied $4,300. So we're seeing a trend here. What happened? We saw a drop of $1,700, drop of $1,600. However, this time we saw a bounce of $4,500, but this time we only saw a bounce of $2,500. What does that tell us? It tells us that whenever Bitcoin is pushing into this support zone down here between $38,000 and about $39,500, it is seeing major, major, major buying pressure. However, the buying pressure of those levels over time is going going down. So hopefully that makes sense. Whenever we drop into this zone, we're seeing massive amount of buying activity. If we look at the volume, volume's a little bit skewed lately on TradingView, but you look at the volume, you're going to see some upticks in volume right there. But the buying pressure at that zone is actually starting to wane. This is why you have to make sure you're looking at the whole market, because if you only zoom in and you look at what I showed you at the beginning of this little piece of analysis, then you're going to say, OK, the bulls are stronger than the bears. Yeah, but let's look at the trend. There's actually three trend. There's actually two trends here, a drop and a rally, a drop and a rally. And it's not very encouraging. What I think we're seeing happen right now and uh, T-Shroom, I'd love your take on this. Actually, Kelly, I'd love your take on this. No offense, T-Shroom, but uh, but I think Kelly, uh, because he's looking at the on chain and the older books a lot, you might have a really interesting perspective on this. I think what we're seeing right now, based on these smaller bounces, is that the the uh, the bears are actually starting to push through a lot of the buy orders down there because the bounces are starting to get smaller and they might be starting to break through that zone of support, especially since we're setting lower lows. What do you think about that down on the hourly chart? Are we starting to push down below 38K soon? Well, yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to push below 38. I, I think, I mean, I'm going to show my chart here. Uh, where's my mouse? I've got too many screens open. Uh, so what I'm seeing is uh, what I'm watching out for is exactly what you just showed. And it's interesting. And th this is a good point. Everybody, uh, technical analysis is, is quite subjective. So while like uh, Jeb has his line drawn basically with this uh, support or sorry, with these candles breaking through his support, my candles actually come up and are rejecting directly at this sort of this previous support flipping it to resistance uh but we still have this golden fib support that we we actually kind of pushed through and bounced up out of 
So, and where we're at right now is right here at this, this level right here, which is the, you know, the, the peaks of this level here. So if we fall through this, I, I definitely think we're going to come down and test the 39 uh, K again. And if we fall through that, then I definitely, I, I very likely that we're going to come down to this 37, 37, eight level. But what I'm seeing here also is we have this almost like this broadening channel, but if this starts to constrict in this region right here, if this constricts, we very well could get a diamond uh, bottom pattern here as well, which if this were a diamond potter, bottom pattern, then th this would be a reversal pattern uh, coming coming from this downside to, to reverse back to the upside. But that's some, that right now, that's only speculative because we only have half this broadening wedge, but we do have these major levels of support that are below us, uh, this golden golden uh, uh, fib golden support, as well as this massive uh, uh, sort of horizontal line and uh, uh, upward sort of trend line. So we still have a lot of support below us. I'm not too worried. And I said the other day, I'm not going to be worried until we b break below 27K region. Uh, and more more specifically, uh, probably the $31,000 region. The reason that is, and you mentioned the on-chain and uh, uh, the order books and all that, you know, and you mentioned that uh, the whales were buying and this, this right here, this is a number of addresses with uh, more than a thousand Bitcoin. And you see right here where the price has been coming down, the whales have just massively right at this level here, right in the middle of where we're at has just massive, massive uptick, a slight pullback, but then sharp uptick again. So the whales are still buying right here and we're at an all time high, all time high for a liquid supply. So, and the reason I said $31,000 is um, the, basically this, uh, bear control band, uh, which is a fib band based on the realized price. Uh, it's a multiple of that. Uh, we're still riding right here on the basically bull market floor band right here. And if we were to fall, uh, we we've done this previously. This is a 2013, uh, 2012, 2013 cycle. This pulled back and found support exactly like we are at right now, but then come down, did come down and bounce right off the, the bear control band. So we still have room to the downside while still remaining bullish. Uh, and and sometimes that's what it takes. You know, we go over this a lot and not only the, the trading course on Club D5, but also technical analysis. Uh, the market does everything it can to shake as many people out as possible. So as bullish as everything is, there's still there's not conviction to the upside, but there's not there's there's a strength in not letting it fall too far right now. I do think that it's very likely that we would get that 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 sell pressure that will capitulate, scare people, get that final washout into the upside. Whether that's going to be 33, 31, or 27, we won't know. You can only be prepared. But these uh, sort of uh, tools that we're looking at give us a roadmap for what those levels could be, and you can set your dream buy orders. Uh, you know, at a multiple uh, multiple levels there, and you know maybe you get filled at 33, maybe you get filled at 31, maybe you get filled at uh, 27. But either way, I still think we're mid-cycle and we're going to be going up from here. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's great to see all of those on-chain metrics. Let's go ahead and take a look back here at the daily chart. Just want to do a bit of a 30,000-foot overview here, and then I'm going to ask T-Shroom some questions here. One of the things to keep in mind, guys, is that Bitcoin right now is in a bear flag in the middle of a bear flag. So it is in a secondary. So, so let, let me back up here. Let, let's go to the BLX chart here. Just so we have a clean chart to work with. Bitcoin right now has a bear flag that looks like this. 
that it is currently sitting inside. And it also has a bear flag right here that is currently sitting inside. The bear flag right here would give you a price target of $34,000. This bear flag would give you a price target, as you can see, of $24,000. Now, I'm not telling you that we're going to go to either one of those levels. I am, however, saying that we need to be aware of this. But on the flip side, there are some bullish factors. For example, we're looking at bullish, uh, bullish RSI divergence, as you can see right here, with the downtrending level of support on the price action, the uptrending level of support on the RSI, and we don't see MACD divergence bullish, but we do see bullish MACD convergence right now, and by MACD divergence, I mean we don't see the lows on MACD going up, we see the lows on MACD saying the same, so there's not RSI divergence and MACD divergence similar, but what we do see is that there's bullish MACD cross more than likely coming in the next couple of days. Now, the only problem with that is that if you add in today's price action, because BLX doesn't, then that got a lot flatter because Bitcoin is moving to the downside, and that makes it harder for a MACD cross to come into play. So guys, right now, Bitcoin is really just testing support. What we need to do is we need to understand that this is a... Uh, th this is a zone where Bitcoin is making a decision. This is a decision phase. Bitcoin can either push below $38,000 and start pushing further to the downside, or it can maintain uh, its uptrend that it's been in ever since January, setting higher lows that we saw here on the 23rd of January, here on the 22nd of February, here on the 13th of March, and then also a higher low that we set to uh, today on the 26th of April down here around 38.3, or Bitcoin can start moving to the downside again. If it did start moving to the downside again, then perhaps we would come in, we would backtest a second time, set some lower lows, maybe set some RSI divergence out here on the daily chart because there is uptrending. Uh, there is potentially an uptrending level of support that could form here on the RSI. Then we might form some gigantic RSI divergence and push us to the upside if we were to see Bitcoin pull back down to $30,000. Now, I'm not saying that Bitcoin will pull back down to $30,000, but if it keeps failing, to maintain the uptrend like this, it gets more and more likely. So the thing I want you guys to do on the technical side, on the price action side, is keep an eye on Bitcoin and understand that if it starts going down to 36, 37, then we are very much in a strong bearish trend. Now, I want to throw it to T-Shroom. T-Shroom, what are your thoughts on the current state of the price action? Do you think that we are in danger of falling down to those previous lows in the low 30s? And also, what are you seeing happen with uh, any other on-chain or any other uh, technical metrics that I haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it, it's tough to say. I think, though, that we will see more movement to the downside before we go back up and, and test like 50,000. I, I think it's just, a, it, the again, the overwhelming uh, economic force right now is that Fed rate. It's kind of scaring a lot of people out of not just uh, Bitcoin and crypto, but out of a lot of mid cap tech stocks and a lot of uh, you know more uh, higher risk assets that are out there. And uh, markets in general are just kind of stagnating as we wait to see what the Fed wants to do. So that's really what I'm paying attention to. And that that's why I think that the retail adoption is going to be so low for the next probably a couple months, unfortunately, that we're just not going to see that buy pressure in order to push us up above 45 and then to make that next leg up to 50. But, you know, my confidence is, is unwavered. Uh, I'm unflinchingly confident that, that we will eventually get up there. We just need to shake out, you know, some of the fear and some of the speculation that that's in the market right now so that we can have a true, you know, confident investors that are that are in. Now, what I will say is that this fidelity uh, story that we're about to go over could begin to shift that uh, retail story a little bit because if they open the doors, and we'll, I don't want to 
tease this too much as we, cause we're going to be talking about this a lot more, but you know, that, that could co- totally flip three throughout 360 degree. 180 degrees, um, the retail story to where it goes in the opposite direction and people are flooding into crypto, especially if the inflation rates uh, aren't aren't um, handled properly when the Fed does increase these rates as the Fed increase these rates. So so that's kind of what I'm seeing from a technical standpoint. You guys have uh, hit it out of the park. I do like on the daily how the red histograms are continuing to um, kind of wane there and that big that big bull cross is uh, is pretty optimistic, you know, for technical traders. That's that's definitely something to look at. But we want to see that work in tandem with other technical indicators. And, and right now, it's just not it's not looking like there's a, you know, the aligning of the stars for some kind of big bullish movement. That's just not the case. What do you think is going to take? And then after this, we can move into super chats. We have some very very kind super chats. What do you think is going to take for the retail to start getting that confidence that you were talking about back? Because there are a lot of things that are hurting the confidence right now. You conflict in Ukraine. You have uh, you have interest rates doing God knows what. Uh, Jerome Powell came out and predicted uh, ha- uh, 50 basis points for May. I believe he did. Uh, we, you know, we, we could be looking at you know 4 or 5% federal funds rate by the end of the year. What is it going to take to get people's uh, uh, retails confidence back in Bitcoin right now? It, I think it really is a Fed story. Because uh, we we have been seeing so much positive adoption and positive institutional uh, doors being opened up to where the institutional is ready, it's locked and loaded. But institutional is smart, right? And they want the price to come as low as it can uh, within the five year span, so they can get in and not be paying a premium uh, on their investments. Whereas the retail, they flood in whenever it's a story, whenever there's some kind of big impetus, some kind of usually fud or usually uh, FOMO. And there's not really a big FOMO story right now. Uh, again, this fidelity story could change that as it's digested by the media. But um, so, so I do come back to it's the Fed, right? The the public loosely understands what Fed the the Fed rates uh, really mean to the market. You know, it's interpreted by outlets like CNBC and sometimes Fox Business and and uh, CNN. But uh, really, you know, it takes it takes a lot for retail investors to shift their interest into crypto. Um, but, you know, more and more, it's it's just becoming a Fed story. And, and if the Fed can really show that they can't get a handle on inflation, then that could be uh, positive for Bitcoin. If they can get a handle on inflation, uh, then that's going to be positive for the stock market. And and I think that that could then also kind of flow over to the crypto markets, which have been moving in tandem with the Nasdaq pretty closely. So so that's kind of the way I'm seeing it. But uh, right now it's it, it, it could be positive for Bitcoin either way, but just not anytime soon, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You were born to be a financial commentator. You, you, you were you, you were 20 years ago. You would have been on, you know, I don't know because I don't watch television. 20 years ago? 20, would have been CNBC. So, I was going to say, 20 years ago, you would have been on CNBC. There you go. Well, guys, let's go ahead and read some Super Chats, and we're going to jump into some of these fundamental stories. Quite a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about Twitter. We're going to be talking about Fidelity. We're going to be talking about Scaramucci over at Skybridge. And we're also going to be talking about some on-chain and whale wallets accumulating Bitcoin. A lot to cover. Let's go ahead and jump into some Super Chats. we got a lot of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll kick the first one over to you, Jeb. Is there any, uh, this question comes from Sean Burns Jr. Is there any certifications offered in Club DeFi? Not currently, but we want to work on that. That is one of the planned features for a while in the future. Uh, that is that is on our radar. It's not something that's there right now, but it is on our radar, and that is something we want to work on in the future. Yeah. And then uh, pretty much the rest of the questions until we get to Tom Wilkes' second question are all uh, 
you know, just amazing community moments where, yeah. uh, you know, our chat is really reaching out and making uh, donations even to Tim in this moment. So I'll read those out. Matt C., uh, please send our best wishes to Tim on behalf of the Knights, yeah. keeping him in our thoughts. You know, that's obviously really warming. Thank you for that. Uh, Tom Wilkes. Um, I would like to mirror my friend Matt C's comment. So, yeah. so that's great. Uh, thank you so much. Thank Tom. you guys. And crypto set guy for Tim and his family, yep. you know, another really great donation. Yeah. And, thank uh, you, guys. you know, just take a minute, you know, when Tim does decide to come out with the, with um, what's going on in his life, you know, it, it'll bring a little bit more uh, clarity to you all. But in the meantime, thank you so much for, for your donations yep. and thank you so much uh, for your prayers and, and keeping um, Tim in your prayers is, yeah. is especially important in this in this time. Yeah. Um, and then we get to one that kind of takes us out of that uh, out of that moment. And Tom Wilkes asks, two-part question. Didn't I read that MicroStrategies announced the same thing with their 401k? And how would you compare the overall public confidence level to other similar cycles that crypto has weathered? That's a good uh, question. That is a very good question. Um, T Shroom or Kelly, are you aware of MicroStrategy announcing the same yep. thing with their 401k? Yep. yep. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna butt in and Kelly can elaborate on this because I don't know about the details, but um, yeah, I was going to butt into you when you were doing the intro, but I decided not to. Oh, MicroStrategies okay. also is doing the same thing. Did they just announce that? I think that they did just announce it. So was, wait, we got three people announcing 401ks yeah. doing that. Let's see. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, did you have any more info on that? No, but I'm looking it up right right as we speak. Yeah, I mean it's not a big it's not a big surprise, right? That that micro strategies would jump into that that yeah. group. I mean, it, if I'm Michael Saylor, I'm like I don't want to miss out on the wave of, <laughs> of being. And you the wouldn't first. want your you wouldn't want your employees to either. That's one of the yeah. big reasons why he got into Bitcoin in the first place is because if he started messing with stock options and diluting company stock, then he was going to put all he was going to mess up the retirement accounts of all of his employees, and they were all going to leave for leave for Fang companies. Well, mm -hmm. now uh, you know we got to change it to something else. Get gaff the gaff companies because Netflix is getting absolutely destroyed. I don't know. It, should it be taken out of Fang? What do you think? Anyway, that's all. That's off topic. It, yeah, I don't know. No. I, I just found a, I know, a story joking. on Finbold that just just popped up 29 minutes ago. I'm sharing it here on my screen. MicroStrategy to let employees invest in Bitcoin through 401k. And this is you know Michael Michael Saylor tweeted today as MicroStrategy continues to be a pioneer in Bitcoin for corporations. We're planning to offer our employees the option to invest in Bitcoin as part of their 401k portfolio. So this is right in line. And this is you know something that uh, I mentioned when we were discussing these stories this morning is is uh, how, you know, we're in a capitalist society, especially here in America. Uh, and, and, you know, people like to be stay competitive and uh, the cutting edge thing right now, and has been for a while, but institutions are really starting to take notice is Bitcoin and crypto Bitcoin more, most specifically. And, you know, this, this is one of those things that's like starting the domino effect of not only institutions getting in involved as we've seen in the last year, but now seeing the, the participation of uh, the the people within those corporations being able to uh, participate in their retirements and their pensions uh, and, and, and having staying competitive in that sort of field, you know? So I think this is, like you said, uh, both of you have said uh, on stream and, uh, and when we were talking about it this morning, 
This is this is going to drive such uh, not only wide awareness of Bitcoin and crypto, but also uh, it's going to be a massive adoption factor because of the because of this what this means institutionally and you know broadly across America and across Western major companies allowing uh, retirement investments into Bitcoin uh, in, in in their retirement plans. So, right. what are your thoughts on that, Jeb? Yeah, well, let's go ahead and uh, let, let's finish up some of these super chats here, and then we're going to jump right into that. Um into that um, do, 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 do. what am I trying to say fidelity story just really quickly I'm going to run through the last couple of these thank you guys so very much for your super chats we really do appreciate that Elliot Locke donated. he said prayers for Tim and the family thank you very much for that Elliot we, we really appreciate that um, CNFTs and N- NFTs are hot shouldn't there be shouldn't uh, there be pumping that uh, shouldn't the hype there be pumping the regular crypto market there is hype there but the cryptocurrency market is so well diversified now that hype in one part of it doesn't necessarily mean hype in another part of it uh, and the hype there isn't as big as it was a year ago so that's why I'd say to that. Mike Markle donated. He said, sending my thoughts and prayers to Tim and his family. Love and respect. Thank you very much, guys. Getting a lot of outpouring of support. This is why I love our community. We have so much love in our community. It's it's something that I think is the uh, it's one of the hallmarks of our community is how humble it is and how loving it is and how opening and warm and friendly it is. You know, it's it's not it, it, it's not common on the internet. And I'm very very blessed to be a part of a community that is that is that caring so thank you guys for that and if you're not part of our community consider joining by hitting that subscribe button you are going to be very very warmly welcomed here but let's go ahead and jump into this story fidelity to let workers say 20 percent of retirement in bitcoin this is a pretty big story financial services giant fidelity fidelity investments will allow investors to diversify their 401k savings accounts with bitcoin america's largest provider is rolling out the digital assets account a new proprietary offering that gives companies access to Bitcoin, the world's leading cryptocurrency. Now, to be clear, this is not Fidelity giving this to their own employees, although we can assume that that is the case. Fidelity is a 401k retirement account provider. They are the custodian and the the uh, broker, uh, not the brokerage, but they're the financial institution that provides these accounts. So anyone using a Fidelity 401k account is going to now be able to use their digital assets account to invest in Bitcoin. A four one, uh, according to Gray, MicroStrategy, a business analyst, um, uh, for business analytics firm head by Bitcoin bull Michael Saylor has already joined the initiative, and Fidelity is holding discussions with other employers. We fully expect that cryptocurrency is going to shape the way future generations think about investing in the near term and the long term future. So, T. Shroom, can you tell us a little bit about why this is such a big deal? Tell us a little bit about Fidelity and explain why this might be the beginning of something huge. Well, I mean, Fidelity, as as you read, Fidelity is the the largest provider of these 401k accounts. And I mean, you can't say enough about how big of a deal this is, because this is this is going to open up the doors to all, uh, you know, for the lack of a better word, boomers, the boomer generation. I don't mean that in a pejorative at all in this case. Uh or any case that I've ever used that word, but it's going to open the door to that to that generation of of folks who caught they got caught into this uh, excellent economic wave of economic policy to where they were able to afford a lot of homes. They were able to buy into the S and P and the Nasdaq and the Dow Jones while it was on a, a cyclical upswing. Right. So these folks have all not all of them, I shouldn't say definitely not all of them, but a large portion of the boomers have had uh, a a lot of great economic uh, tailwinds that have really cast them into uh, relative wealth and prosperity. Um, And and but they've also kind of inherited this mentality that has kept them out of the crypto space. And, you know, for better, for worse, that that's just the way that it's turned out. 
But with Fidelity adopting uh, crypto into their 401ks and making it their 401ks crypto compatible, this is going to unlock that boomer potential. And that, that's kind of where I would kind of let that linger because it's, again, there's a lot, there's been a lot of fear towards crypto and there's been a lot of fear toward higher risk investments. But now uh, that these, these 401ks are crypto enabled, uh, the money that has been kind of locked up in just Apple, just in Amazon, just in Google, Microsoft, um, and just in real estate now can get shifted over, uh, you know, financial planner by financial planner, which by the polls we've seen, uh, I've seen countless polls come through my Twitter threads that these financial advisors would, if they legally could, buy crypto for their for their clients. So it's, you know, that star is aligned too. That's an important star because if that door wasn't unlocked, if financial advisors overwhelmingly were bearish and thought that Bitcoin and other crypto assets were um, too risky or not a good investment, you know, then that would keep that door closed to that boomer wealth. And it's not just the boomers, right? I'm, I'm overgeneralizing. There's a, there's a lot of tangential demographics that would get lumped in with them as well. But um, I mean, I, you can't overstate this enough. Now, how it's going to affect the price of Bitcoin is still to be determined. Is that federal uh, interest rate story, uh, is that going to be too much of a weight uh, to, to go ahead and start to let this uh, Bitcoin price start to buoy up um, now that the retail adoption story is there. Is that federal story going to weigh it down and keep the price sideways? It potentially could. Unfortunately, the, the Fed does have so much power in what it prints and stops printing. You know, it, it, it's just... Uh, it's just a little bit of a power struggle at this point. Yeah, it's almost like we ought to move to a different currency where you can't change the the uh, supply conditions and the supply economics, and you can only manipulate the demand side so that the price would go up and maintain its value into the future so that you can't debate. Oh, wait. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. We should make something. Let's call it a coin, and we'll make it digitally, so we'll put bit- Bitcoin. That's that's what we'll call Brilliant. it. That Got it. But we won't tell anybody that who, that we made it. We won't tell anybody that we made it, and we're going to keep a million of them for ourselves. That's what we're not going to do. We're not going to tell anybody. Crap, are we recording? <laughs> Is uh, this live? Hey, uh, can you t- can you take that down? No, I'm joking. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, no. Well, I also wanted to mention, you know, with all this talk about the, the power of the Fed and what's going on with the markets, you know, one of the things I don't think we've really mentioned yet on this channel is uh, this week is incredibly important to see what's going to happen with the health of the market because we have, I mean, we have Apple, Twitter, Microsoft, uh, Activision uh, just did yesterday. All these earning reports from quarter one are coming out uh, this week. Uh, you know, they started coming out yesterday. They're coming out all through this week. I, th- I think Apple and Twitter's is on Thursday. Uh, I'm, I can't remember which day Mark, uh, Microsoft is, but, you know, depending on what happens with that, that, it, it's a twofold effect because on the one hand, if those show really strong, really strong earnings, then that could actually give impetus to the Fed to be a little stronger on their Federic hikes. Uh, whereas, you know, if it, it but it, at the same time, it does give strength to what's going on with the market uh, in the interim between now and when that FOMC meeting happens. However, if it shows weakness, that's going to uh, give the Fed a little bit less of an impetus to be really to have really strong Fed uh, uh, interest rate heights. However, the lack of earnings will also uh, take more wind out of the sails of the market. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the market responds to all these earnings reports. Uh, the only thing that I think uh, could be 
super massive for uh, especially the crypto market is if we find out that there's any uh, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum or other blue chip uh, uh, crypto assets held on, uh, you know, on their balance sheets, which, you know, very well could happen being that the market rallied so hard last year and pulled back to such an attractive sort of position that it's at now comparatively to where the price was. So it's going to be very interesting this week to see how that plays out and what those earning reports uh, do to the yeah. market and how the, how the Fed responds to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Dennis made a good point in chat. He said, to me, this is bigger news than an ETF for the reason T-Shroom says. It opens crypto up to boomers who might not have invested in an ETF. You know, what the big thing about an ETF is it's an investment vehicle that makes it easier to work in traditional finance. Well, so are 401ks. So that's why this is such a big deal. And by the way, it's not only one company that is opening up to 401ks. It's actually two. Scaramucci Skybridge to add Bitcoin to its 401k pension scheme following Fidelity's example. Now, of course, you don't do these things overnight. It just so happens that they both announced this at the same time. Surely, They've both been working on this for a while. Skybridge Capital founder and chief executive Scaramucci has taken to Twitter to announce that the company's retirement program for the staff, the 401k program, will include Bitcoin as soon as it's available. This comes after Scaramucci's decision to turn the company towards crypto from high-profile hedge funds. also wanted to show you this. If you look at Fidelity's Wikipedia page, and I've cross-referenced this with other sites, Assets under management as of December of last year were sitting at $4.5 trillion. That, those assets that are specifically in 401ks, if I if the source I was looking at is correct, is sitting at $1.4 trillion. So we're talking about billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars that could flow into Bitcoin as a result of this. It opens up um, a completely new on-ramp, a massive on-ramp to the new cryptocurrency uh, to to cryptocurrency from outside of the cryptocurrency market. Traditional finance and crypto are starting to merge and a lot of that money is going to come from traditional finance over to decentralized finance because of the fact that these different asset managers if they're able to make more money for their for their clients then they're going to make more money themselves. So, I think we are going to see a lot of people using these vehicles in the way that we believe that they will. But Let's also talk a little bit about this. This wallet just transferred $155 million worth of Ethereum. This is pretty interesting. $155,868,163 worth of Ethereum just moved between two anonymous crypto wallets in a single transaction. Cryptocurrency wallets that own millions of dollars in Ethereum tend to make m- m- uh, market move markets single-handedly. If the whale decides to exit this Ethereum position, it could be enough market impact to push down the price of Ethereum. It takes about 10, uh, 15 to $30 million of sell pressure to move the price of Ethereum down by 2% on any given exchange. So let's keep that in our back pocket. If we see a big move on Ethereum, it could be because a big Ethereum movement just took place. We don't know where it's going to. We don't know where it came from, uh, but we do know that it did just happen. Now, I also want to mention this over here. Kelly, I want to throw it to you on this massive accumulation behind Bitcoin price recovery as whales add 40,000 Bitcoin during the dip. Why do you think the whales are still accumulating? And why do you think that a liquid supply ratio is continuing to move in the right direction, despite the fact that the market seemingly is drying up and seems to be very bored right now. Well, you know, to, to make it clear, there's there's something called long-term holders and short-term holders. And the way, and this is how a lot of the way that a lot of the on-chain metrics are sort of, uh, 
I don't want to say position, but how a lot of their metrics are weighed because there's different behaviors statistically from long-term holders versus short-term holders. And the way they determine what a short-term holder is, is somebody, anybody, it could be an institution or smart money or dumb money, doesn't matter. Anybody that's uh, bought a coin or uh, transferred a coin, has a coin for less than 155 days, it's within that short window that it's a lot, lot I'm talking exponentially more likely that that that, that coin will be sold or, or, or traded or whatever, moved. Uh, uh, so once it's eclipsed at 155 day mark, uh, then it, it statistically it's a lot less likely to move. And the reason why that's important is because when you look at the two peaks we had last last uh, last last year, we had the peak at 64k, then we dipped all the way down to 29k and, and rose back up above 64k to about 68, 69k. Uh, and the, the the interesting thing about that was the second peak, although it was higher, it wasn't driven by some massive retail demand or there was no demand. Uh, it wasn't like some exponential new demand that came in that that raised that. There's a shifting wind in the psychology of the market at large. A lot more people are, uh, you know, gaining the knowledge and the experience to know that it, 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 it will serve you better to buy and hold than it will just to trade in and out. And, you know, the, the large majority of people that are moving a lot end up lo losing money. So that 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 second peak was driven by people holding. And so the reason why that's important, because right now, although we're not having a lot of new demand come in, our price is being even held where it's at at this, you know, basically twice of what our, our previous all time high was from 2017, 2018. It's being held because people are, are, are gaining that knowledge to hold. So the strength of the holders is very strong. And the, the price of where we're at right now, all the metrics, all the on-chain, the smart people that are trading, uh, sorry, the smart people that are investing, making these big plays in, in the market institutions and, and big money, they know that uh, it, it serves them better to buy and hold. And they don't look at the price. They're not worried about what's happening with the price. They're looking at all these on-chain metrics. They're getting these reports about what's happening with the the movement between long-term and short-term holders, what's happening with exchanges with miners and every, and this is why it's been somewhat frustrating for analysts in the last year is because everything is so incredibly bullish. The only thing that's missing right now that's putting all this huge suppression is all of the things that we just talked about this, uh, this, this cap of pressure coming down from the fed and the money printing and inflation uh, and interest rates. Uh, whereas the market itself is the healthiest it's ever been in terms of, I think we're over 64, 65% of the market is long-term holders right now. We have more institutions than we've ever had come in. Uh, the, the market's holding at this very nice number right now, uh, this price level above, you know, above $35,000 or $39,000, $40,000. So the whales are seeing this as an opportunity. And if it drops further, they're not going to sell. They're just going to buy more at that lower level. So it's definitely a prime time to DCA for anybody, no matter what level of investment you're making. Uh, will it potentially drop a little bit? It might, but the likelihood, of it, when you look at like reserve risk, NVRV, all these things that show what sort of level of risk your investment would be, it all says right now is among the lowest risk uh, uh, you know, of any very low risk portion in history where the price was near a bottom. So it's time to not maybe not putting the entire bulk of the amount you want to invest in, but DCA set up your ladders to slowly start uh, getting your exposure over time. And uh, if it drops, you buy a little more at that point. So that's exactly what whales are doing. Absolutely. So here's the, that was, that was really, really good, Kelly. I love that thought. And it reminds me a lot of what we're seeing 
where we are right now reminds me a lot of what we saw at the uh, beginning of 2019, where Bitcoin was sitting at a low and it was just reestablishing a floor with long-term hodlers. And we just were building that floor, building that floor as you were talking about. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. As you said, we're seeing a massive ratio of long-term holders in the space. We're managing to hold 40,000 territory, whereas five years ago, we were holding 4,000 territory. We have 10 times the number of long-term holders now than we did, which means we've basically seen a 1,000% growth in what matters in the market, which is not so much the price, but the type of investor and the type of money in the space. It's not good enough to just get a trillion dollars into crypto, you want to get a trillion dollars with the right people managing that trillion dollars. That makes a big difference. Now, let's go ahead and keep moving here because there are several things in the chat that I want to reference, uh, a bunch of super chats that we want to go over. And I didn't finish reading Tom Wilkes' first super chat. He had a very good question here, and I want to make sure that it gets attention. He said in the second part of his second super chat, how would you compare the overall public confidence level to other similar cycles that crypto has weathered? And that actually leads very well into what I was just talking about. Right now, Bitcoin is seeing um, not so much public unconfidence, inconfidence, unconfidence, lack of confidence. It's not so much that we're seeing a public lack of confidence in Bitcoin, at least that's not what I'm perceiving. What we're seeing is public apathy. A lot of times in the history of Bitcoin, we've seen public lack of confidence in Bitcoin, like when it dropped 50% here or when the pandemic started and we saw a lack of public confidence here. I don't know if we're seeing a lack of public confidence right now. I think we're seeing public apathy in the cryptocurrency space. At this point, most people have heard the name Bitcoin. For the last 10 years, we've been trying to get people to hear the word Bitcoin and, you know, basically understand the basic tenets of Bitcoin. Okay, it's digital currency. It is uh, inflation-hardened. It is uh, limited supply. It is, you know, worth a trillion dollars, and there's a good reason for it. You know, we're, we're trying to teach people the very basic foundation, kindergarten-level Bitcoin uh, concepts because it's a new paradigm. It, it just makes no sense to anybody who's never been in this space, especially people that are struggling to understand, you know, the Internet and uh, computers. It's difficult. My grandmother, she told a story to me a couple, a couple of times about uh, how her mother, uh, when the incandescent light bulb was invented, they had one sitting on a string in the middle of their little like dirt floor room, house, and they're sitting there looking at this light for like hours, and they're just like, I don't understand how this thing even works. This is kind of freaking me out. Is this magic? Like, what? what is this? I have no idea what this is going to become. And now we, we think about lights. Okay, there's a light in this iPad, a light in this laptop. I have a fill light right there, a key light right there, a hair light right there. There's a fill light over there. There's a light behind me. You know, lights are, your phone's got, it's everywhere, right? It's a new paradigm. We couldn't imagine life now without, without incandescent light bulbs and what it would turn into, fluorescent light bulbs, LEDs, etc. We could not imagine life without that technology, but 150 years ago, people didn't have any idea what it even was or where it would go. That's what we're sitting in right now with Bitcoin. Where we are right now with Bitcoin is probably around where people were in 1900 and 1910 with incandescent light bulbs. They're like, okay, I see it's being used every once in a while. Okay, we got street lights. Cool. Okay, it's being used there, but it's just not widespread yet. That's where Bitcoin is. It's not that the public is in a stage where they're like, oh, it's witchcraft. It's let's fear it. Let's let let's burn it down like that. We're not in that stage anymore. It's not a stage of, oh, I don't know if I want to invest in that. It's a stage of, OK, I've heard of it. I just don't care. And I think now that everybody's heard the name of Bitcoin, it's really our job to go forth and explain not only what Bitcoin is, but also why Bitcoin is.
That's what we need to do. So I don't personally think that we're sitting in a stage of lack of, of retail investor confidence in the space. That is true. I'm not saying it's not there. I shouldn't say that it's not there. There is a lack of confidence in the price action. But I think the majority of what we're seeing right now is a lack of care because people don't understand what Bitcoin is. Like I said on the Altcoin Daily interview I did a few days ago, and like I said on the channel yesterday, if Bitcoin price goes down, it's because people forgot why Bitcoin was created in the first place. And if Bitcoin's price goes up, it's because people remembered. T-Shroom, you've been in the market for a little while. What are your thoughts on the current state of this cycle compared to other cycles? Then I also want to ask Kelly the same question because Kelly's actually been in the industry a little bit longer than I have, and he'll have some good perspective on that. Yeah, when, when I saw Tom's question, my first thought was, well, Jeb would have a really good perspective on this because he's been in it longer than I have. I, I don't remember uh, the last you know point where we didn't know if we were in a bull or a bear market and how that how that affected things. I, I'd say that the public is so much more educated now. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I think I think there's also the chance that a lot of people have gotten burned since we, you know, folks that bought up in the in the high 60s. That happens a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, they've when they think of Bitcoin, they think of, oh, I lost like three grand, you know, or I lost like a couple hundred bucks. Um, and so they're not really they're, they're kind of tuned out. They're checked out. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, so, but that would be the only real big difference I'd say is that we have had a pretty precipitous drop in the last like year, year and a half. So it's, it's, uh, that could linger in people's minds, you know, especially for folks who didn't take the time to really educate themselves on what crypto is. They kind of just saw it as something that got lumped in with the GME and the, uh, AMC craze, you know, they just saw it as a way to get rich quick. Yeah. You know, we've, we've beaten the narrative of that horse quite well, so we won't need to get into that anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's my, my perspective, Kelly. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I think that, uh, I think that, I think that the, the market is getting a lot, the people that are involved in the market are a lot more aware of, of just the, the health of the market and, and the asymmetrical risk, uh, the, the asymmetrical upside versus downside risk, you know, and a great example of that, you know, is, you know, we're, I'm in the middle right now of writing the on-chain, on-chain data analysis course for Club DeFi. And so I've been looking just nonstop at charts. And so I'm going to show you one example of one of the charts that, that kind of points that out. This is a reserve risk chart. And essentially when this is very low, this means that there's very, very, very high confidence confidence uh, from the market and more specifically long-term holders. Uh, but it also shows low risk for downside movements. And we're, we're, we're still in this very low risk area in this green box is that's, you know, where my mouse is here and we're, we're sitting in this and we've been going sideways in it. Uh, and so as I said, although the market could go down uh, it does, it does show an asymmetrical uh, you know, upside uh, the amount that it could grow from here and go up versus the likelihood of it, go, not only likelihood of going down, but how far it can go down. Uh, and so it's having access to this data that you don't have access to. And if you're investing in traditional stocks or, uh, you know, any traditional investments, this gives you a transparent look into the chain of, uh, into the, especially Bitcoin, into the blockchain to see what's going on with the accumulation addresses, what's going, you know, right here, the number of addresses that have never moved or sold a coin. This is, 
this is just increasing. This is a massive bullish divergence. Although the price has pulled back and gone sideways, the, the confidence of long-term holders is just going up and through the roof. Mm-hmm. The exchange outflows, which uh, which is uh, right here. The, I mean, even though the price is going sideways, uh, down and sideways, the, the outflows and outflows on exchange, meaning coming off the exchange, meaning not able to be traded, going into cold storage, this is showing a complete uh, uh, temperature gauge of what the confidence of the market is. If people are pulling off exchange right now, not preparing to sell, and the price is going sideways right here, it's these sorts of metrics and these data and this understanding of even people, there's a lot of people that invest that have no idea about technical analysis, but they're longer term investors and they look in depth at this on-chain metrics because it gives them a great gauge gauge of what the market as a whole, both short-term holders and long-term holders are feeling. And across the board, that's showing that uh, short-term holders are being exhausted, meaning that there's going to be less and less sell pressure while the illiquid supply is going way up and through the roof. And there's less balances on exchange as well. So the supply shock is starting to come into play. Uh, and so even if we had downside price action, there's not going to be a lot of momentum to carry that way unless all these metrics shift and they could, you know, we could drop something, some black swan event could happen. And then people start moving their stuff onto exchange. But as the data is suggesting right now, uh, and you know, just the experience of the people in the market, it's just, people are are gauging more on data now than they are just on, on fear because the market's maturing. Right. And I think that's the point is that we're seeing a lot more mature investors in the crypto space right now than we ever have before. A lot of those were just, you know, crazy innovator types three, four, five years ago. But now you're seeing a lot of very mature investors coming from the institutional space. And that's going to level out the market. We're not going to see these massive 3,000% runs in a year anymore like we used to see on Bitcoin. But we are going to see less 90% drops, less 50% drops than we've seen before. It's going to start leveling out and it's going to start moving up into the right more consistently than it has before. But let's go ahead and read some super chats. We're not going to talk about the the Twitter Elon Musk story for the sake of time today. You probably heard it. Everybody's beating that horse. And what we basically saw happen, just so that you know, I'll give you a quick rundown if you don't know. The deal was finalized. Twitter Twitter's 11, uh, uh, 11 seat board voted unanimously to sell to Elon at his proposed $54.20 a share, uh, $44 billion offer. And somebody said earlier, uh, Elon Musk is currently sorting his pennies to buy Twitter. <laughs> that was a funny comment. I don't know who said that, but it was pretty funny. So that has taken place. Buying a company and taking it private is something that takes a very long time. So don't expect that to be, okay, tomorrow he steps in as CEO and you're going to start seeing changes. No, no, no. This is going to take months. This is going to take a while. So well, I saw I saw one article that said that it was going to be within two decades, which I was surprised to see. I within two decades? Oh, Wait a minute. That's too yeah. long. I don't think it's going to take two decades. For I, I, yeah, Twitter. I don't either. I, I like that must be an error. But I, as you said, it is going to take some time. It's going to take sure. some time, but it's not going to take 20 years. I mean, the 20 years ago, nobody had a camera phone like the 20 years is a <laughs> yeah. long time in, 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 you know, nobody had cameras on their phone 20 years ago. Like that's I was one years old 20 years ago. I don't think it's going to take 20 years, but it probably will take, you know, six months or so before it finally fully gets transitioned over. Probably maybe even longer than that for it to be taken fully private. If I could really quick, this, this is actually 
actually a good orange pill moment because a lot of people are interested in this Elon uh, Twitter story, but a lot of people don't understand the crypto applications. We're going to be putting out an afternoon video today, so be sure you're going to probably, if you're watching this this uh, live show with us, you probably already understand how crypto can interact with social media, but be sure to share that afternoon video with people who are uh, have maybe gotten recently burned, like we were talking about earlier, who've gotten burned by crypto or uh, just don't understand how crypto might mesh with the social media that they love. So uh, be looking out for that. And it's also going to be a great video too. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and read some super chats and get those wrapped out. Yeah. So we've got another one from, uh, let's see, where do we end off? Tom Wilkes, a member for eight months and a Jedi Grandmaster. I could not be more proud to be a very small part of this community. You're a big part in my heart. I agree. This community, I should say, family, have proven over and over again how amazing it really is. Kudos to the Coffee and Crypto team. That's where it all starts. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you very much for that, Tom. I really appreciate that. Thank you for your continued support, man. And uh, let's see. It also looked like- Did we give the one from Cryptofer? Yeah, we've got a. Um, I don't. I don't have that one on my radar. Uh, he donated. Said uh, thoughts to t- uh, thoughts to Tim and family from Hong Kong. So, getting thoughts from around the world. Thank awesome. you for that. Thank you very much. And then much. we've got a a new uh, Jebi Youngling Cyber Fix online SEO yeah. Houston Texas. That's Ooh. really really cool. There you go. Uh, and then Cyber Fix online. I just read that one. Uh, and then our very own Gregory Gretzkak. $5. Gretzkriak. Gregorgak. <laughs> uh, his family was always known for having a, a difficult name to pronounce. That, yeah. That, they, they weren't shoemakers or, or clothes makers. They were experts in having difficult names That's to pronounce. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you've the known Greg for like 10 years, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> bane right. of, of Tim's existence. Mo, mo, most of our company went to the same church. We all pretty much knew each other before we started working together. Yeah, exactly. But not a cult. Not, not a, a cult. cult. Uh, good to, and then, uh, so for, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's a good clarification. <laughs> well, there, well, there was the whole, anyway. Uh, <laughs> if, if, yeah. So uh, good to see your face on CC again, Kelly, said Greg. Yeah, and uh, that's sweet. It's a community day. Good yeah. community building Yeah, it day. is, definitely. Matt, Matt C. also donated, said, man, that was a lot of Super Chats today. Bitcoin is one of the fastest growing brands in history and had a zero advertising budget. That's right. It had a zero centralized advertising budget, but it had such a good message that everybody else decided to advertise for it. That's how powerful of a brand it is. It didn't need to advertise itself. Everybody else did it for it. As I've always said, if you think you need to brag about it, it's probably not worth bragging about because it ought to speak for itself. And Bitcoin certainly does. Very, very thankful for Bitcoin. Also, don't want to leave out Michael McNamara donated. Thank you very much for that. No message, but we very much appreciate that. Guys, that's what we got for today. But I do have a little bit of back end to show you. Not back end, but uh, something from Club DeFi to show you. Jump on over to my screen really quickly. Uh, You can see right here, this is the account page for uh, your uh, clubdefi.com membership. For anybody who is in clubdefi.com, you can see this is where you're going to find technical analysis. Now, I'm not going to scroll down to show you exactly how to do this. It's literally just down here. You press one button because if I show you, then I'm going to show you some of my account information over here on Club DeFi. I don't want to do that. What's that? Go, keep going. What happened? Okay. But if you are in Club DeFi, and if you have not gotten into the Discord yet, I am in the Discord. I will be talking to you guys in there. Make sure to go onto your account page, scroll down, 
and hit the button that says connect to Discord. It's a black button, or it's not black, I'm colorblind. It's a dark colored button down there, and that will allow you to connect to Discord. And uh, if you haven't gotten Club DeFi yet, it is a closed beta for all of our CT2A alumni, though. You can email supportercryptojeb.com, and you guys are able to get in. For everybody who is not a CT2A alum, then you guys will have to wait for the next batch of, of um, 200 uh, seats to open up for Club DeFi's beta. It is in beta right now. We're working out some stuff. But if you did manage to get into the beta sign-up a couple days, a couple weeks ago, then make sure to check your emails because there are still a bunch of you guys that have gotten emails and have not signed up yet. So make sure to check that out. We've got, it says right here, 108 students. That's actually uh, has not updated in a little bit. There's actually about 180 people in Club DeFi right now. We've been getting 20, 30, 40 people joining every single day. So definitely going a good direction. The, there's a lot of activity going on in the Discord. Matt's over there. Uh, Matt's see a lot of great people in the Discord, and we are looking forward to that. So make sure you go ahead and sign up. Check your emails. And uh, guys, that's what we got for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed today's show. We can go back to full screen. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit that post notification bell, and make sure to follow us on our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter at CryptoJebOfficial over on TikTok. Let's see if we can't get to 750 likes here in the next couple of minutes. And like I said, if you guys have not already signed up to be in the beta for Club DeFi, then we're not going to be able to get you in right now, but you will be able to get into Club DeFi at some point in the future once it goes under full launch. Stay tuned to the channel. This is a good reason to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Next time we open up another 200 seats for Club DeFi, it will be announced here on this stream. Everybody who is currently in Club DeFi, tell us in chat. Do you like it? Do you love it? Or is it the best thing ever? Those are your options. Tell us what you think. Now, you can also be honest. If you don't like it, tell us. But we've got nothing but positive feedback. There are so many great comments in there. We're really looking forward to it. Jeff Sullivan just said Club Defo. Awesome. I think he meant Club DeFi, but Club Defo is probably pretty cool, too. Kelly Kellum also said new courses coming monthly. We just wrapped the trading course. That's coming out 40 pieces of content. Kelly's currently writing an on-chain course. We're going to be doing yield farming, mining, all much more technical analysis. So many different things coming there. If you want to learn anything in club, if you want to learn anything in crypto, you're going to be able to learn it there in time as we get those content, those pieces of content out. Anyway, guys, like I said, that's going to do it for today's video. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacD Media.